Uh, my name's Deb Gascoigne. I'm 47 years old and um, married with a um, nearly 16-year-old and nearly 18-year-old. Um, I was diagnosed with myeloma in 2009, aged 34. Um, so I've had it now for 13 years. So September is Blood Cancer Awareness Month. Um, it's really important that we get blood cancers um, known in the wider population so that people can recognise symptoms, get early diagnosis and hopefully have better outcomes in the long run. Blood Cancer Awareness Month is really um, important to me because I believe that because I was diagnosed early in my journey with multiple myeloma, I've been lucky enough to have a, a better outcome than might have been the case otherwise. So I want other people to be aware of it so that they can, you know, whilst I wouldn't want anybody to be diagnosed with myeloma, that if they have symptoms or they are diagnosed, they can get that treated and, and they can be helped at an early stage. My diagnosis with myeloma was very much out of the blue. Um, I had been experiencing a sore throat for um, on and off for a few months. Um, it was sort of taking me out of action for a week each time and with a two-year-old and a four-year-old that was proving quite difficult. So I eventually decided that I would go to the GP and see whether there was any underlying issues not expecting anything particularly other than perhaps a, a virus or something. Um, the nurse did a, a throat swab for me and talked about blood tests and wasn't going to do them. Um, and then just as I was about to leave, she sort of said, oh, actually, we'll just do the blood tests now anyway. Um, and I, that really changed everything for me because after that day, I never had the sore throats again. So I possibly wouldn't have gone back to the doctor for quite some time, who knows. Um, but actually from that blood test, um, the hospital picked up something in it that um, raised a red flag. Um, my GP asked me to go back to the hospital and have further tests just to rule anything um, significant out. Um, so I went back in, I met with the consultant who talked to me about myeloma, which was a bit of a shock, um, but had no expectations that I would have it because myeloma is normally um, uh, seen in the older population. So over 70s, it's more common in men rather than women, and it's more common in sort of the Afro-Caribbean population as well. So he had no thoughts that I would actually be diagnosed with it. So I think when, you know, I, I had the blood tests, they were all okay. My x-rays were okay. But actually it was when I had a bone marrow biopsy that they picked up that I had myeloma in my bone marrow. And that's when everything changed for us as a family. So when I was diagnosed, it was... It, it turned everything upside down for us as a family. You know, we had just started, um, you know, our journey, I suppose, with a, a young two-year-old and four-year-old. And, you know, we 
planned a future ahead of us that we expected to last many years and well decades and then the diagnosis when we got it whilst no one ever said it to me we were sort of reading up and seeing a prognosis of two to five years so I suddenly was dealing with my husband Nick um with this idea that I might not see my children reach the end of primary school let alone secondary school um and it threw everything for us um you know you start your life together as a couple yeah thinking that you're going to be together forever um and suddenly Nick was having to deal with that not being a reality and that he was going to become a carer I was dealing with what I might have to leave behind um and it was really really scary um and it's taken us a long time to get our heads around it. It hasn't happened overnight. I'm really grateful for the fact I've had that time. I've been really lucky since my diagnosis that I'm still here today. Um, and so I'm, I feel really blessed that I, you know, I've, I've had the opportunity to get my head around it. Um, but, you know, the first year to two years were really difficult um and they were a real roller coaster of trying to be positive and then just slumping to the ground and finding it really difficult and saying why am I doing the you know why am I working why am I you know should I have a pension should I do this and you just went why am I doing any of it because I might not be here um so the emotional side of it when you get a a, a difficult diagnosis like myeloma it is really really hard I feel very lucky that Nick and I are very good at communicating with each other and we're very honest and open with how we talk to each other um, so nothing was off the table um, some things were much harder to to have conversations about I remember having to sort of pluck up the courage to talk about if I died, what what might we do? And he found that very hard because he was trying to be very positive and didn't want to consider those times where I was swirling away in the background sort of writing my order of service for a funeral, you know, and he 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 couldn't get that side. I didn't want to leave it unaddressed. Um, so it, it was difficult in that, you know, we were both going at it from different angles, but I think because we communicated well in the end, it, it that didn't matter too much. And I think whilst it was hard having such young children at a point of diagnosis, I think that the bonus with that, if there is a bonus, is that they were so young and they didn't really understand what was happening. You know, we talked to them about the fact that I had poorly blood. We never tried to hide anything from them. Um, but we, you know, we sort of drip fed things into them as they got older. Um, and so I hope that they never feel like we've kept things from them over the journey, whether in years to come, we'll find them turning around going, you know, you told us too much too early. I don't know. I hope not. Um, but I do a lot of fundraising, so they've been very aware of 
what myeloma is and who myeloma uk are because that's who i fundraise for and so and um, because they're of their involvement they've always known what's happening and i think that's probably helped it become more normal for them i don't know whether it being normal is good or bad maybe it's neither maybe it's just how it is um i think they're fairly well adjusted children um and I think they're doing okay. So, <laughs> Biomas definitely affected my life and my social life and how I live these days. Nick and I made some quite big decisions in the early days that we needed to focus on us as a family and that that was our priority. And we made the decision that actually we used to spend a lot of time going around visiting friends and family and spending all our time sort of spreading ourselves very thin. And actually we just regrouped and we made sure that um, we were at the center of everything we were doing and that people could sort of come and see us if they wanted to. And you quickly work out who your friends are and who your who the people are that really want to support you and that care enough to make sacrifices or to understand that you might not be quite as present in their lives as you would have been otherwise. Um, so I think it it has affected people a bit. Um, I think in terms of social life, I had to be quite careful when I was going through um, some of the treatments to make sure that I wasn't going to places where I might pick up um, an infection. So I would often pull out of things or if people were meant to be coming to see us and they had a cold, for example, we'd have to tell them that they couldn't come anymore. So there was an impact on our lives, but... I think we we played it quite well. I think we 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 tried to keep going. My friends and family mean everything to me and there's no point me living a life if I'm not involved with them. So we try and get the balance right. Um it's easier when I'm well um and I'm not under um sort of more intense treatment, but um even when I'm not, I think, you know, we've found a way of, of doing that. Myeloma and the diagnosis of myeloma has definitely affected my career. Um, I was working when I was diagnosed, um, although unfortunately I just moved from working for a large bank to um, working for them as a contractor and had no life insurance, which was very frustrating because... Um, when you get a diagnosis like, diagnosis like this, it impacts massively financially. Um, I ended up working until close to my first transplant, at which point I decided I needed to just have some quality time with the family before I went into hospital for that. And after that, I found it quite difficult initially to contemplate going back to any sort of work because I was so scared that I was going to relapse and that I'd let people down. So whilst I was getting better, I sort of moved away from 
thinking about work and focused on fundraising instead and did a lot of that. Um, and actually what, what the diagnosis has done is meant that I was working in HR at the time and I decided I didn't want to do that anymore. And I moved totally and started doing some fundraising on a professional basis. And I was so shocked that people wanted me. <laughs> it's really funny, but um, yeah, I, I got the first job that I applied for in fundraising and I spent a year doing that. And after that, we sort of moved to the Midlands. So again, everything went on hold. I had to decide what I wanted to do because we were trying to settle our children into a, a new area. But I'm now back in that fundraising and I have the best job in the world. I love it. Um, and I finally got my head in a place where I've stopped worrying about whether I might relapse and let someone down and just thought, actually, I've got lots to offer while I can do it. And if I relapse, we'll deal with that at the time. In the early days, when I started going through treatment, it did have a massive impact on my mental health. I, I was quite low at lots of times. Um, I, I was trying to get to grips with, you know, the situation and what I'd been told and how it was going to change our lives as a family. Um, and so I think I had real highs and lows sort of times where I was really coping and doing fine and feeling like I was in it, it I'd got myself in charge of it all and then times where I felt like it had all run away from me and I had no control and I found that really difficult um I looked at counseling at that stage and I had some that was successful and some that was really unsuccessful. And I think that is one thing I would say to anyone who looks into counselling. I can't, I can't stress enough how important I think it is when you have a, a diagnosis, but don't be afraid if you don't get the right counsellor the first time or you don't click with them or you don't feel like it's helpful, try somebody else because eventually I found someone and actually I only had six sessions but it I don't know quite what they said to me but something just helped me put things into a bit of perspective and be able to move forwards a little bit and that doesn't mean that I stopped having difficult times we still had times where I burst into tears and you know wonder how we were going to cope but I felt like I i got enough out of that counselling to be able to sort of start moving my life forward with Nick and the kids. I think the main things that impact my day-to-day -day emotional well-being are, you know, the ongoing treatment is really difficult at times um, and having to get yourself ready every month to go in and, and go through it all over again when actually you just want to park it and put it to one side um the other thing I think that I struggle with and I know lots of people who um sort of have myeloma 
over a long period of time can find difficult is the whole issue of survivor guilt. So since I was diagnosed, I've made friends with lots of people who are in the myeloma community. And sadly, I've lost lots of friends from that. Um, and every time someone passes away, you have this sort of overwhelming feeling of guilt that you're still here and that things are going well for you. And I feel bad for their families that they, you know, if I'm on Facebook with families that they then still see me here and living life and doing things that they probably just, just dream that their partner or loved one would come back. And that can be, really difficult um I remember when I started fundraising I used to really talk about the two to five year prognosis and the fact that I might not be here and all of you know I might not see my children grow up and I feel guilty now to this day that I use that and I'm here 13 years later sort of healthier than I probably was back then um and so that can be tricky as well because you've, you've, I want to keep fundraising and I want to keep aware, raising awareness about myeloma, but I worry that I've over-egged things and that people don't believe me now and that they're sort of wondering why I'm still here. And, you know, yeah, it's, it's a weird one that's very difficult to explain. Currently, I'm on maintenance therapy, um, which is very positive in lots of ways on my mental health, because I think it feels like something's being done and that um, the myeloma is still being treated and looked at. I think it can have a negative impact as well, though, because every month I have to go into hospital once a month for blood tests and then once a month for treatment. And then you wait for your results of your blood tests. And that is really difficult at times. Um, I'm quite lucky at the moment in that things are stable. But I know that if those numbers start to creep up, then every month I will start um, worrying about a week beforehand about what those results are going to be about whether that will lead to them classing me as having relapsed, whether that will mean new treatments. And that leads on to, you know, will those treatments work? Where will my life sort of end up going? You know, and the moment I can feel like everything's stable and I might have a long-term future with the family. But in the back of my mind, I know that at any stage I could relapse and suddenly treatments stop working. And that, as much as I try not to think about that most of the time, and I'm quite successful at not thinking about it most of the time, there is a little part at the back of my brain that is going, it could happen. Don't be too, don't be too confident that you've got this future. It, it might all disappear. And the reality is I just don't know. And no one knows. So... I think remission is obviously a very positive thing but with a, um, a cancer like myeloma which is um, 
plasters relax relapsing re remitting relapsing um it, it's an ongoing concern for any patient at the moment until they find that cure um i think we'll all be dealing with you know not knowing quite what the future is going to to hold whilst trying to be positive at the same time <laughs>